Hey guys, welcome to Today's the Day with Zach Anderson. This episode is brought to you by Alchemy Sales Coaching. I hope you guys enjoy. Cole, thank you for being here, everyone. This is Cole Painter. I'm excited to break it down with you, brother. Um, real quick to to intro you. So Cole comes from a family, five brothers, right? Yeah. You're the fourth oldest of five, correct? Fourth youngest. I'm the youngest. Oh, you, second to youngest. Second to youngest, yep. So, so second to youngest of the five, so number four in line. I had imagined growing up with your, your siblings, with straight brothers, you had a pretty chaotic upbringing um, from what I've heard, but a few things that kind of happened growing up and that, that stood out to me big time. Your wife had told me that at nine years old, you used to stand outside of grocery stores raising money to build yourself a dirt bike track, <laughs> which is incredible. I can't imagine a nine-year-old doing that. I love that. And from what, what I understand, you had a very chaotic upbringing. You just kind of went with the flow. I know how it is to having older, older brothers. You have an older brother, they tell you what to do, you do it, like regardless of what that is. And that actually makes so much sense because we've been on a couple of trips together where you are, I mean, you're just, you kind of have no fear of getting hurt. And I see where that comes from. Um, later on in life, you lived in Fiji for a couple of years. It slowed you down big time, kind of put you on island time from what she says, which is really cool. You grew up loving dirt biking, racing dirt bikes, which is phenomenal. At age 21 is when you first got into direct-to-home sales, right? Full commission-based, in my opinion, one of the hardest jobs you can go and kind of tackle. You actually started off struggling pretty bad in it. You did not go and excel out the gates, which is super relatable for me. And then as time went on, you went and kind of hacked it, figured it out, ended up being one of the highest caliber performers personally you could possibly be, managed multiple teams, and then at some point even owned a branch out in Florida that was doing over $2 million in revenue, correct? Mm -hmm. Which is badass. And then past that, that was a few years back or a couple of years back, past that, you you stepped away from all of that. So all of that income and, and all of that groundwork you'd kind of gone and built there to really go and, and just talking with you before, go and get your feet wet. And and you've started a few businesses since then. That was just a, over a year ago, right? Started a few businesses since then. And it seems like you're tackling kind of the personal wellness space primarily over everything, just personal well, wellness, whether that's mental health, physical health, whatever it may be, right? But before we dive into any of that, I wanna go, I wanna go and really touch on growing up, have everyone get to know you, including myself a little bit as well. So you grew up five brothers, just straight boys. Yeah. Tell me about that. A lot of testosterone. <laughs> I believe that. So you're fourth oldest, so it's second second youngest, or yeah. like like fourth in line, I guess, right? Yeah. Um, you had three older brothers then, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, how old? I think we got one at uh, thirty six, thirty three, thirty, and I'm twenty seven, and then my little brother Brock's uh, twenty five now. Good deal. So you idolize these dudes a thousand percent. You idolize these dudes. Nine years older is your oldest brother, right? Oh yeah. And you idolized them growing up, I assume. And how did that play out? Like what was, what was day to day in the, in the painter household with the five brothers? Just that kind of constant leveling up type idea, you know, like one brother would take the dirt bike out and hit a jump. And I'm like, dude, I got to do the same thing. You know? <laughs> yeah. My brother would be like, I'm going to do a double backflip today. And we're all like, what? And he'd, you'd see the brother go off and just completely, you know, biff. And it was just always a, a good time, good laugh. And uh, always uh, always pushing each other to just keep going harder and, and doing fun stuff. And Yeah, I love that. I think that's super key to kind of what you've gone out and done in life is just kind of how you were brought up. That's why I touch on that. And this stood out to me big time. I don't know why I was reading about it. Nine years old, you were standing outside of a grocery store. At, literally just asking for money to build a track or what's that all about what was that all about yeah i would say like a big part of our childhood was just projects you know we love doing 
projects that we could build stuff. So we started building like we built a big foam pit that we could jump our bikes into. And um, that's dope. We had a, a dream to build a motocross track that we could train on and, and race at. And so my brothers said, you, you know, Cole has that face that we can just stick him out in front of the store and <laughs> Shut up. start asking for money. And, <laughs> and how'd that work? And dude, we, we I mean, yeah, we, we got enough money to buy dirt to haul it into the track. And for we, real. We ended up getting a, um, a donation from a guy with a bunch of dirt and because we were putting posters. Oh, so y'all did it. We did it. Yeah, we built a sick motocross track and we spent a lot of time there. So that is yeah. so sick. See, I, that's that's dope. I love that. And then at some point you lived in Fiji for two years, right? Yeah. Which is probably a massive change of pace from what you were used to in your everyday life, right? Yeah. So you spent two years in Fiji. Tell me about that. You know, I always feel like I bite off more than I can handle. You know, you always go into it pretty confident. But my first area that I lived in in Fiji was just as bush as it can get. And I ended up thinking I was camping for the next two years. But (laughs) it was just a a tin shack. It had no windows. And I remember showing up and um, there were ants crawling across my bed on the floor. And I was just like, dude, what am I supposed to do? And. He's just like, dude, curl your curl up in your sheets and just lay down. And I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> that you know? sounds pretty simple. Yeah. So pretty simple living, but I've always loved the adventure. I love that. And then how did that go and change how you ticked after spending two years on an island? I imagine that's gotta be so separating from everything and so different and slow, in my opinion, right? Like what was that like? How'd that change you? It was interesting. You know, I feel like it it's still pulls me a certain direction because you see just different a different society that's held more on like traditional values right yeah they're more they they want to hold on traditions of their fathers and they just are very simple and happy with what they have and you come over here to the united states and it's just fast and it's progressive it's how can we live a better life how can we move forward um, and they both have their pros and cons, but it, yeah, living in Fiji definitely introduced some different ideas of how we could live. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think life's the dance between the two of those, like finding mm-hmm. the right, the right point in between, right? Because too much of one or the other obviously has a massive negative effect on you in your life, right? So that's really cool. Yeah. And then directly after that, so 21 years old, you're still young, you're a baby, right? 21 years old, got into the direct to home industry, right? So literally going door to door selling a product um, to people who have no idea who you are, right? So tell me about starting out in that. How did that experience go? How many years did you do that? How was that? Yeah, so it started out and heard of this opportunity and was like, oh, that sounds cool. I could make that much in a few months. And a lot of my friends and family that have tried it felt. And so kind of the context was just like, dude, you're going to go out there and you're probably going to come home. You shouldn't try it. So I had this chip on my shoulder that I was going to go out and be successful at it. And the first day, um, me and my friends finished up and we were all talking in the car as we were driving home. And we we're just like, holy smokes, man. How are we supposed to sell 100 to 200 of these, you know? And yeah. I'm like, I don't know, but we've, we've got to learn. And so I bageled or, or had zero success for about 11 days and then I went to, I ended up going back to Fiji on a vacation during that time it's all I could think about was just 
going back and being successful at this job. Yeah. So I started reading books. I started visualizing it. I just started thinking about it and I came back and it, it was on off to the races from there. Yeah. So that's crazy. That's having a slow start in something like that is typically when people go home because you are getting compensated zero for your hours and hours and hours of walking around in the hot sun doing what you think is work. You're not getting paid for it, right? So that's really, really cool. And then from there there on off to the races, then what? So that first year, had that first year ended up being for you multiple years after that? How'd that end up? Yeah, so I ended up finishing in the top 10 for rookies that year in that company. And then I was just focused on building teams and, and growing and becoming better at my at my trade, getting better at sales and leading. And um, went on to manage teams and ended up running my own branch and starting my own branch. But yeah, that experience has taught me a lot. It's taught me a lot about just what it's like to, to drive revenue every day without, you know, it's, it's, it's all up to you on how much you make that day. You get to write your own check. And I love that aspect of it because you know, you, you get paid what you're worth. And I, I've learned a lot from just being able to wake up every day and motivate yourself to go out and stay disciplined to keep working and, and being successful at what you're doing. And then um, another huge lesson I, I took from there was was just being able to lead and yeah. being able to motivate other people to do the same thing that I was doing and overcome some of the challenges that I faced starting out. Yeah. No, that's a, a super important principle I learned coming up from Casey Ball, one of my big mentors. He, he always said, like, your income is going to be a direct reflection of the value that you provide. Right. So when you talk about pushing revenue, all that means to me is like, okay, can I go make sure I'm irreplaceable to this company or can I go be irreplaceable to this organization? And if you're irreplaceable, you're always compensated. Right. And you'll realize people who gripe and moan and that aren't compensated how they'd like to be are very replaceable. Right. And it's a really, really it's it's like scary because like, oh, shit, like that's on me to go make that. If I want to go make a certain amount of money, it's on me to go provide that amount of value. But it's also empowering because now it's in your control rather than having it be completely out of your control how much you make, right? So that's really cool. I, I echo that 100%. Well, dude, I, lo- I love that you said that because that's something that I've, I feel like another huge lesson I learned in that industry was exactly that, like make yourself undeniably valuable mm-hmm. where it's no question what you should be getting paid just because of how valuable you are. Yep. And it goes back to a saying that I heard too, similar to Casey Boss, was just your income will never um, exceed your personal development. Oh, a hundred percent. Right. And dude, I will, we're going to dive into that pretty heavily actually, because I know you've, you've done your part plus some in that. And I really want to go into kind of where someone can start and how they can go and develop that and everything like that. But I, I, again, I could not agree more. And the cool part about that is too, is you'll see people in an opportunity when they're growing, they're not focused on making sure they're being compensated for the value they're providing. Mm-hmm. They're pro- they're focused on providing as much value as they can, and then the compensation always follows. Always follows. And then you'll notice, even if someone's phenomenal, their job, and they built this really cool thing, once they start focusing on, am I being compensated for the value I'm bringing, and they stop yeah. worrying about the value they're bringing, right? They yeah. go and they degress, and it's like that. I think that's a big. That's I mean, that's the flow of it. Well, right? it's so it's so funny because you know, at the first of my career in in the door to door industry, I was going into companies and just being like, yo, how much, how much can you give me for what? They're like, 
and I hadn't even sold the summer yet. You hadn't done anything. Right? I haven't done yeah. anything. And I'm asking them, you know, what what can you pay me? What can you give me for my value? And, you know, as kind-hearted as they all were, they, they were very generous in their offering. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Exactly. Which is crazy to me. Yeah. Like, that is crazy to me. And it's a very common thing in the industry. Yeah. Right? It, it, it totally is. And I think just in life, actually, I think... Just in all walks, everybody wants to go and get compensated before they go provide value. And if you really have an abundant mindset going into something of like, I need to go provide so much value I'm, that I'm irreplaceable, yep. you'll be paid for the rest of your life by anybody that wants what you have. Yep. Right. So go and find a way to get like preaching at people listening, but like go find a way to be valuable. Yeah. Right. If you're not valuable right now, go find a way to be valuable. Yeah. Right. And really, really easy way to do that. Again, going back to exactly where this kind of stemmed from is just find a way to push revenue. Like literally, if you can go create revenue out of thin air, you're valuable. Yeah. Because revenue. <laughs> it's the hardest part. Revenue runs companies. Revenue keeps companies alive. Revenue pays people. So if you can go find a way to create that, you're not valuable. Yep. Right. So I, I love that. I think that's super, super important. I could talk for 15 minutes yeah. on just that. Same. So then, yeah, you, you went and dominated. You ended up owning a branch, which is in essence, you own your own, your own dealer of a company yep. where they were going and, and you, you got up to a point where you were, you were pushing $2 million in revenue, correct? Yeah. Year one. Year one, yeah. which is, which is just absolutely phenomenal. Like that's, that's amazing. I mean, that's speaks for itself, $2 million in revenue, right? Um, I don't really have to say much to that. So obviously with that comes the compensation, everything like that, you're in a really good spot. And that's when me and you kind of met, started talking, hanging out. Mm-hmm. And then even cooler, another, uh, uh, the reason I brought you on here isn't because of that stuff. The reason I brought you on here is because you went from there in a really good spot and you have like this thing about you where you really just go make shit happen, which I love. And then you decided, I remember when you told me you were doing it, you decided, oh no, I'm gonna like, I'm taking this totally different route, like freaking totally different route because this is what I care about. 
Like I've learned so much. I'm and there was no ill words spoken about where you'd been. You just knew what you wanted and you started going for it, which is really, really cool. So since then diving into where you're at now, since walking away from that, you've gone and you've started, uh, a couple, a couple companies where you've gone and figured out and tested and everything like that. You've got one that's up and running right now. Um, it's a meal prep service. You have right now a wellness farm, which is just the sickest idea ever. Like you literally have an area where people go, there's saunas, cold plunges. You're going to have, what'd you call it? Like a mega dome where you go and do, <laughs> what'd you even call that? It's a geodesic a dome. Geo, yeah. yeah that, that word. Um, where you're going to have people go do yoga, like just, just the wellness side of things, which is something I'm super involved in right now. And I've absolutely loved with a few things that I'm, I'm involved in. So it's just really cool. And the reason I bring that up is because that's, that's a huge bet on yourself. Like, and I can only imagine it was probably terrifying and maybe you don't have fear uh, again. Like maybe you literally don't because of how you were, how you were raised up, but that's pretty terrifying. Right. So it's really, really cool that you went and did that. Right. So we're going to dive into all of that. I'm excited to go and kind of learn more about where you're at, where you came from, everything like that. But a, a question I love to open these things up with and ask everyone that comes on here, because it's it's my favorite question for myself to hear. And it helps me understand how people work and relate to people. You've had a really, really impressive life so far. You're 27 years old, which is you're in a phenomenal spot with where you're at currently. Where would you say when I say like an all time low? Where would you say in your life you were at an all-time low? Like, shit could not have been worse. <laughs> uh, dude, probably a month ago. <laughs> oh, there you go. I like, see? I li- if, you, if you don't mind, I mean, why? Like, fill me in. What's the situation? What's going through your head? What's, like, break it down. I hope you guys are enjoying this episode so far. It was brought to you by Alchemy Sales Coaching. Now, I typically don't run ads, um, but I feel very strongly about Alchemy Sales Coaching. I started doing one-on-one coaching with Doug back in 2019, and since then, I have gone and not only blown up my career and my earnings, um, but it's really helped me through just the ups and downs of life. Now, the reason I feel so strongly about Alchemy is because it's a group of individuals not only focusing on furthering their sales career, but they're diving deep into inner work. Um, and becoming the best version of yourself so you can show up and be the best version of yourself. Um, Not only that, if you have any interest in doing any one-on-one coaching with me, I exclusively do all of my one-on-one coaching through Alchemy. Um, So for full access to me, go and check out Alchemy. I think you'll absolutely love it. It's alchemysalescoaching.com. We will also go and post um, the links in our bio and on stories, et cetera. So go check it out. Now we're back to the episode. Enjoy. Yeah. You know, it's like you were saying as you um, as I made that leap, it's, it's deep water to tread in and, um, you, it's a huge learning curve. And one thing about entrepreneurship is it reveals exactly who you are and, um, what you're about, you know, is, and, and it's a big learning process as you start to make mistakes and you start to learn what works and what doesn't work. That comes with its consequences as well. You know? <laughs> oh yeah. A hundred percent. Back in the sales sales time, you know, you, you get a good selling day, you get a low selling day and, and it's, it's an up and down consistently roller coaster out yep. there, you know? And, and I would say entrepreneurship has been that probably times five. Yeah. Just because you are, you get these huge wins that were, you know, that you're so psyched about and then you get these huge lows. And so you really have to use those same practices to, to plane yourself out and become steady. So yeah, I um are I'm pushing these projects hard and um ended up getting myself in a situation where a partner had backed out of the investment that they had promised me. Yeah. Causing me to have to come up with 
a lot of a, a large sum of money fast. So I went into this mode of anxiety and fear with where I was at. And I was reminded by one of my mentors, Jeremiah Salvin. He's a military guy and he just said, Cole, like you've got to push out of this fear and anxiety and you've got to start turning on your imagination and faith. So that reminder was just like, okay, now let's 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 get back to if we're gonna get through this and we're gonna make it productive and really, you know, achieve what I'm trying to to do with getting this money back to these people is um, I've got to turn on my imagination. I've got to start to have this faith that I can accomplish this. And yeah. so I went to the drawing board and I just sat down and I quieted my mind and I just let ideas come to me. As ideas started to come, I started to think of different ways that I could creatively make this work for the situation I was in. Yeah. And the lesson, you know, I learned in all of that was fear and faith can't exist at the same time. Yeah. And you you can't operate with your imagination if you're feeling a bunch of fear and anxiety. Yep. And so when you're in these high pressure times in your job, you know, it's important to remember that that the that your imagination and faith is going to be one of those key values that are going to provide you the most success. Thousand percent. No, so thank you for sharing. And that's it's it's really cool. The reason it's my favorite question is because it's so so relatable. Like everyone at some point gets to that point where a, a low to me is when you're feeling exactly what you said. You're feeling self doubt. You're feeling fear. You're feeling anxiety. You're feeling depression. You're feeling low. Mm-hmm. Right. That's all. That's all. Low. It doesn't matter if you're a multi millionaire business owner. It doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur. It doesn't matter if you work a nine to five. It does not matter. That's what a low is, right? And your mentor, I mean, dude, God bless mentors for that for that reason. Like, Legit. they just go provide a totally different lens on your problem because it's not heavy to them, yeah. right? And his advice is literally perfect. His advice is, hey, you're approaching trying to solve a problem with the worst approach, the worst lens you could look at this through, right? Swap your lens. And it's not like, a, oh, I'm going to try and be, like, faithful because it's true. Fear and faith cannot coexist. Those extreme emotions cannot coexist at all. So if you can go find a way to replace those, that's how you get yourself out of a low, right? And it can be diced up in a lot of different ways. It can be explained a lot of different ways. But at its core, what a low is, is these very unpleasant emotions. And sometimes part of getting out of a low is feeling them, accepting them, and then approaching it with a completely different set of emotions. That's how you get out of a low, right? So that's so sick. Like that mentor... Again, God bless mentors, right? <laughs> Literally, just people that look at our problems from an outsider's perspective because they're not feeling those emotions. Yeah. Right? So God bless him. That's amazing. I love that. That rolls me perfectly into, like, for me coming up, and the whole point of this podcast, and who's gone back and kind of looked at the origin of this thing, like, mentors are so incredibly impactful in my life and created some unbelievably big breakthroughs for me. I owe everything to the mentors that I've been lucky enough to have, like everything, right? Who are some of your biggest mentors? Like coming up through everything that you've been through, like right now you just mentioned someone like, who are some of your biggest mentors that you've gone and found? How'd you find them? Like touch on that a little bit. So first and foremost, I got to shout out Jeremiah Sullivan. So he's a special ops guy that was in the Ranger 75th and he's just a badass. So I wasn't huge on mentors until I met Jeremiah. So 
Jeremiah, I first heard him on a podcast and he was he was going on just about as as a lot of things were going on in the world and I was paying attention to kind of things that were just happening and and he said, you know, if my dad always taught me if if things are broken, fix it. Yeah. Like be a part of the solution. And I think at that moment was a huge realization that it's like, dude, if you're having these thoughts and you're seeing these things and having problems with going on, instead of letting that be cause you frustration, let's turn that into actually being a solution. Yeah. And um, that's dope. Yeah. Rather than being neutral, like go do something. Yeah. Instead of just, you know, getting overwhelmed with everything that's going on, let's let's channel that energy into something that's positive and good. Yeah. And so Jeremiah, he's he's been a huge role and mentor for me just to keep going forward keep pushing and keeping that influence for in a world that has so much good and so much bad but be a be a role for good oh 100 percent. that's such a cool philosophy just because so many people not only like i look at a lot of my friends a lot of people i know a lot of people in my circle like they're not contributing to the problem they're not like they're really good people honestly but on the flip to avoid things being uncomfortable or hard or going against the grain they just don't say anything to fix the problem either right and then you're just as much of the problem as people creating the problem which is a which is a really cool concept that's and and that's the i mean that's the whole thing for me is i i don't want to be someone on the sideline i want to be in the game i want to be i want to be a part of the game to make my impact on what's going on yeah and whether it's a really small impact it doesn't matter yeah i just think that we're in a time where people do need to to stand up and be who they are and make a difference. You know, I think that we're experiencing a lot of growing pains as a society. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. We've had just a lot of No one knows what the hell's going on. So no. much confusion. <laughs> and there's not a lot of anchor points that people know to 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 follow. Yeah. And so I think that Right now is a time when people can establish their values and what they believe in and what they want to say by when they die, you know, is yeah. what going back to that saying is just, it's not when you die, it's not going to be about the money you made or the accolades. Yep. It's going to be about the people that you've helped. Yep. And so I think that's what it's changed my perspective in the business world and just my relationships in general is just being someone that has helped people get what they want yeah no 100 percent. and i think you scrape everything away like that's that's what matters at the end of the day right what matters at the end of the day is that you live a joyful happy life yourself and that you're infectious with other people right and i think something really important to remember on that is like i talk to a lot of people and tell me your thoughts on this i talk to a lot of people who are always trying to go and help solve other people's problems Right. And this might be a little bit controversial. Some people might disagree with me. It's totally fine. And what I've found is, is you can only help someone to the point that you help yourself. Right. Like you can only truly you can only go help someone be as happy as you are. Right. You can only help someone be. It's the same thing with mentors, how you choose mentors in life. Like if I want someone to teach me how to make money, I'm not going to go to the really cool, nice, broke dude. Right. But if I want someone to teach me how to go treat people well and develop relationships, I'm not going to go to the rich asshole. Right. So you can only help people to the point that you help yourself. Yeah. I think an awesome saying that goes with that is you are your position best to help the person you once were. Your position best to help the person that you once were. Yep. That's dope. Wow. Yeah. I've actually never heard that ever. 
So I think I've never heard that. You are you you are the only person that can really help, you know, the person you once were. And yeah. so if you can solve that problem of, of problems that you've already overcome, then you're the perfect person to help other people the do the same thing. To help that. yep. That's sick. I've never, ever, ever heard that. I like that a lot. That's gold. I totally agree. So that mentor, again, big shout out to him. That's, that's phenomenal. Maybe that piggybacks on the answer to this question, but looking back from when you went and you kind of took the leap from, and you've taken a lot of different leaps, but specifically the one where you walked away from, in a lot of people's eyes, monetarily, a very successful career. And you just literally, you just jumped into the unknown entirely, right? You had an idea, like you, you wanted to go help people. We talked like right as you were in this transition phase, we talked. Um, we were together at a, a little dinner and we, we chatted a little bit. Where did you pull that self-confidence from to just go from absolutely certain to 100% uncertain? Yeah. <laughs> Where did that come from? That is a good question, man. I think what it comes down to is I would take a purpose increase for a profit decrease any day of the week. You would take a purpose increase for a profit decrease any day of the week. Yep. I love that. I've, did you coin that? Uh, maybe. That's, yeah. <laughs> I like that. I uh, like that. You know, I think that uh, there's a need for, for purpose in people's life. And I think that purpose-driven people are some of the most amazing people that I've seen. I think it's really amazing to see when people people are driven by a purpose to just serve and help other people. Yeah. And I think that that personally just gives me a lot of meaning in life. Yeah. Is to feel like I have a purpose. I love that. So I, I have this. I have this thought with exactly what you just said. So I feel like in the personal, and this is totally off topic. I apologize. This is nothing to do with what I want to talk about. But now that we're talking about, it, let's talk about it. In the personal development space, there's kind of again, there's two ends to the spectrum, right? There's like the freaking raw, raw, raw. Go like by any means necessary. <laughs> like just freaking bang your head against the wall, figure it out. Like just dogs. Right, they go find very crazy monetary monetary success. They go make a lot of money, right? Then on the other side of self help is their like personal development is, yeah, dude, like, like the hippie side, right? Like yeah. which which I love both, right? Yeah, and I like nice. to I like to think I'm in the middle, and I'll tell you why. But the other side is like, yeah, like take care of your inner like your inner peace, and like go and make sure you have purpose in everything you do. If you don't have purpose, get away from from it. And I think a lot of people hear that side. And and the, and the other side, there's there's negatives to both being too far one way. But that side, a lot of people that I know, when I tell them that I love personal development and this is like what I'm fixated on, they think I'm like incredibly money hungry and like that's all that's important. Yeah. But I have a theory behind that. Money is incredibly important to me. Incredibly important to me. Not because I really care to go drive the coolest car or have the nicest house or whatever it may be, but because money, I learned really early on again from Casey Baugh, money is a magnifier right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't change people. That ass, that rich asshole was an asshole when he was broke. I promise you. Yeah. And that guy who's literally the Todd Petersons that are donating $35 million, right? To go open another children's hospital. He's been good to his core since the beginning before he had any money. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, I think what's really important to follow up with exactly what you said, because you have to have purpose. You have to have purpose. Yeah. Right. But how far can your purpose reach if you don't have money? Yep. Right. So it's finding that again, it's that dance between finding a purpose, right? And making sure you have a purpose which you need. And then making sure you also have the influence, the impact, 
the money, whatever it may be, to go and actually carry that across more more planes, more people affect more people, right? What are your thoughts on that? I'm curious. Dude, I totally agree, and and that's something that I feel like that was a limiting belief that I had to, um, you know, overcome myself because I was on that one end where I feel like I was driven by getting a lot of money, and then I was feeling that lack of purpose. Yeah, and so. I, I've I've really waffled in those two and felt like maybe it's just myself, but I'm kind of a black and white person sometimes. Yeah. And so I'm kind of like, man, which one is it? You know, do <laughs> yeah. I go live in Hawaii and just chill, or <laughs> or do I uh, go out and chase these these dreams? Chase the bag, you know? yeah. Chase the bag. And um, I think what it's come down to is like, is the the real great people that you've seen understand what we're talking about with the self-development and the need for money to expand that influence. Yep. And I think we've seen that perfectly with Todd is Todd has been able to have this huge impact in all ages. He's made multiple people very wealthy. And I think that you've also seen, you, you also hear about his purpose of how he helped people along the way all the time. You know, you'll, hear stories about Todd from across the country yeah. of people talking about how he helped him. And I think that, that, that you can see those great people that, that did value self-development in the beginning and continue yeah. to work on themselves and ex, um, grow that influence. Yeah. hundred percent. So uh, I love, I love talking about that. I think it's so important. Both sides are so important. I feel like most times one or the other gets talked about, right? Very rarely are they intertwined. I I love that. So along with that, to go and get money, to go and actually have a purpose that matters, meaning you actually go and influence people in some way, shape or form, change people's lives, help them. However, however your purpose lies in you, you have to go, you have to be an anomaly. Unfortunately, it's not Mm -hmm. common to go and figure shit out. It's yeah. not common to go and live like your true purpose. It's not common to go and become incredibly wealthy. You have to be an anomaly. And one thing, again, from talking to you right now and then just knowing you, like your personality, wherever it came from, you just go and make shit happen, which is a very, very, very one percenter type of thing, right? In anything that you're doing, right? So where do you think you cultivated that? Like, oh, I'm just going to get it done. Like the fact that you and your brothers that went and built a... a uh, a dirt bike track, you got dirt donated somehow, you were asking for money outside of the grocery store. The fact that you went and figured out how to live in Fiji when you had every opportunity to go home when you were sleeping with ants. The fact that you went and even after 11 days of not being paid doing work where most people do sell within that first amount, they get paid absolutely. And then to some point, get to the point where you're running $2 million in revenue, right? And then maybe right now you're in the the seed phase of where you're at, but eventually it's going to work out. I'm absolutely confident what you're doing is going to go and work out a thousand percent. I don't have a question in my mind, right? Because you have a history of figuring shit out. Where did you get that? I feel like it's just how I've been as a, since I was a kid. You know, I, I think like first story I can remember is when I was a young kid and my bike tire was popped and I kept asking my dad, yo, can you come fix my bike? I'm, I want to ride. And, um, he was busy with work and all of that. So I just said, you know what? I'm going to go figure it out. So <laughs> I went out there with the screwdriver and I started prying the tire off and spraying goo everywhere and, yeah. you know, making a mess. But, you know, I wouldn't say that at all I'm I'm glamorous or, or super skillful in what I do. It's just I show up, you know, I, yeah. I, I show up and I 
am consistent at what I'm doing and determined to, yeah. to figure it out. A hundred percent. I love that. I think if you can approach anything you get into with just, I got this, like, I got this. That's when you're invincible. Like, yeah. as long as you don't quit, you're, you can't lose. It might take yeah. a long time. You can't lose. And who cares? Yeah. Who cares if, if you fail? I feel like that's the biggest thing is I have gotten into a habit of putting myself in situations that I can fail. Yeah. Uh, we just recently did a, a 50 mile run across the ground. Gosh, Canyon. you touched on it before I did. Oh, that was gonna well. be my surprise. No, dive into it. This is this is this is by far one of the most badass things I think I've heard of someone doing. Um, especially someone close to me. And I wanted to say for the end, dive into it, but literally <laughs> roll into it. You guys literally just went and did this recently. Yeah, we we had the idea at the beginning of the year that we wanted to do something called a Masogi. Where yeah. you had a 50-50 chance of 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 not succeeding at it. Something that currently in your current mind you cannot picture yourself accomplishing. So and, that the Masogi where like that's not a specific anything. That's just a Masogi is something you have a fifty percent chance of failing at that you're gonna go try. Yeah. We okay. read it in a book and and that was one of the what challenges. Book? Um I forgot the name at the time. Okay, uh, but <laughs> hey, you got the lesson. Yeah. That's what—that's the point of the book. Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's the point of the book. And so we brainstorming, we, we said, hey, let's run 50 miles across the Grand Canyon. And I had never done an official um, race of any long distance. So I hadn't done 13 miles. I hadn't done 26 miles. <laughs> and so it was literally, but I, I, I felt confident that I could accomplish both of those. Yeah. And so I said, you know, 50 miles, I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I can't really picture that. <laughs> Rightfully so. Rightfully <laughs> so. So we decided so the, we decided to do the Grand Canyon. It's called Rim to Rim to Rim, and it has 11,000 elevation change. And it's 50 miles? 50 miles. Oh. Temperatures range from 40 degrees to 90 degrees, and it's just dry this, heat dry heat oh my gosh it's just this kind of crazy. the grand canyon is just amazing it's in a crazy environment and yeah. so me and my four brothers we started training and i made it a habit every morning no matter what because i had a challenge set that i was going to get up and go train so we uh our our kind of benchmark to know that we were ready for the 50 miles was this 30 miles up and down up or so we went up and down box elder mountain twice okay and that's the same elevation it's about five eleven thousand elevation climb and um i ended up finishing the the 30 mile or i ended up coming out of the up and down twice and then had still four miles left before i reached 30 miles Got you. I'd miscalculated how far it was. <laughs> Perfect. So I was like, shit, I can't how to finish. So I I decided to keep running down American Fort Canyon. And I called my wife and I said, hey, can you, uh, can you pick me up four miles down this canyon downhill? Yeah. And she goes, oh, I, I, I can't. I can't do it. And so I just said, you know, okay. <laughs> and I started tearing up. I said, all right, let's finish this. <laughs> So I just started running in circles uh, around this parking lot and just was watching the miles kind of tick down. And I was like, dude, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to go crazy. Yeah. So I ran down further to the canyon and asked for a guy for some water. And he gave me some water and I kept running. 
And I just got to a point where I had ran out of water and food and my body was depleted and I could start to feel things kind of starting to shut down a little bit. So I was getting nervous. I was like, okay, I just got to make it back up to my truck a mile and a half and I'll be solid. So I started walking and I kept like kind of falling over and laying down on the ground and just being like, hey, could you guys, uh, I'd like put my thumb up when cars would drive past me and (laughs) no one had you. No one had me. So I just said, okay, Cole, you got to finish this. So I just kept moving, make my way up to my truck and I got in my truck and I started driving home and I wanted to go to sleep. I don't know why, but my body just wanted to go to sleep and I couldn't I know exactly it. why. I know exactly why I wanted to go to sleep. <laughs> I, I, I can tell you exactly why I wanted to go to sleep. <laughs> but, so my eyes are literally shutting and I'm just like, okay, Cole, stay in, stay, stay <laughs> folks, like just get home. And I started dry heaving in my truck and just bawling. And I don't know, you know, fatigue is good for the mental process because <laughs> it just breaks you down. But like, yeah. yeah, I made it to a gas station, got some Coke in me and was on the up from there. But so then we went on and um, approached the 50 miles. So that was thir- pause. That was 30 miles. By yes. the end of it. Yes. You were dry heaving, crying and wanting to fall asleep. Yes. And then you're like, all right, I'm ready for 50 miles. That was what you went yeah. into it. Like. I was like, holy smokes, 20 miles more than that? Like, that's <laughs> insane. I can't fathom that. Oh. And I thought after that I would have more confidence, right? <laughs> no. Like, that was not the case. So, um, oh. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Okay. And then you roll into the 50-mile race, then what? So the 50-mile race, we ended up driving eight hours to the Grand Canyon. And the, as soon as we got there, we put our gear on and we got excited. So we started running and it was sunset at the time. It was about 6 p.m. So sunset was setting over the Grand Canyon. We were heading into the night and we were just enjoying the experience and moving the body. And soon my brother started to get really sick. And we could start to smell like the pneumonia and you could just tell he was in really bad shape. So he kept moving and, and he made it 10 miles further. So he started getting sick at 15 miles and he made it 10 miles further to the top of the grand, of wow. the second rim of the Grand Canyon. Wow. So once you start this, this adventure, there's no getting saved. That's, that's kind of the crazy part about the Grand Canyon is there's not a car. There's not a. There's one there's way in, a, one way there's out. There's one way out. You're going 25 in and you're going 25 out no matter what. Yep. And so he made it 15 miles further to the top of the second rim for mile 25. And he was curled up in a ball and just delirious. Yeah. And so we ended up calling a, a shuttle and he said, next one is 1 p.m. that day and it's 4.30 a.m. where we're um, at that point, And there's another one the next day. And so we're like, holy smokes. So we try one more and it's, it's 4 30 AM guy picks up the phone. And he goes, Hey, I'm 30 minutes out. We're like, Hey, dope. We got a guy we need you to pick up. Yeah. So my brother ended up leaving the trip early, just ultra respect for him going 10 miles further, but he ended up leaving and we ended up continuing the journey across the, the grand Canyon. And so we, we started going 25 miles across and ended up finishing the 50 miles and 
you know, <laughs> put that, that one under sickening, the belt. dude. That is <laughs> sickening. What were the feelings right as you finish? What what's like your like just right as you finish, you're done. Now what? Like what do you feel right then? Well, this has been such a spiritual journey from the start. And so that was kind of I set a goal starting this business. As I said, one, I'm gonna I'm gonna set a goal mentally to like start this business. I'm gonna set an equivalent goal of a physical challenge to kind of represent pushing myself in these two areas. Yeah. And so that was the same week that I made my first sell on the saunas. I love that. And that was the week I finished. And so at the end of that, that run and that 50 miles, dude, it was overwhelming. I was cloud nine. When was that? Three weeks ago. It's amazing. It's amazing. I I love that. That's that story's So gold, dude, respect your brother. That's so tough. The fact that's a victory in and of itself. Like I can't, I can't imagine, I can't imagine doing what he did in my best physical state I've ever been in in my entire life. That's embarrassing. I got to get my and, shit together. And that's something else I, that I have learned in entrepreneurship right there is just, you've got to be able to see the wins in, in what you're doing. You know, like what he did, I had, I had ultra respect. The most respect out of anybody in that run was for my brother that, that ended up leaving the end of that 25 miles. Yeah. The challenge that he went through versus the challenge that we all went through was so different. Yeah. And he deserves all the applause for what he did. Yeah. And I think that that's something that's difficult for people to see. Oh, yeah. It's difficult for people to see their own wins and what they're doing really well. And so I think it's hard for people to get that confidence to yeah. go do those hard things, right? Because mm-hmm. I think it's you. people have got to acknowledge the things that they are doing really well. Yeah. And you've got to know it, and you've got to know that, and you've got to you've got to be just as confident in your weaknesses. Yeah, a thousand percent. That reminds me. So, when you start working with people, and you start managing people, and you can probably speak to this as well. That reminds me perfectly. Like, for whatever reason, the way people treat themselves is so different from how they treat other people. And I'll explain what I mean. Like, I have reps, right? I have people that that work with me and they're just down in the dumps. Like they're beating themselves up. And I'm like, holy crap. So I go talk to them. I'm like, okay, man, let's imagine your best friend was doing exactly what you're doing in life. Like they're reaching the same level of success. Like what, like, what would you tell your friend? He's, oh dude, like that's so sick. Good job. I'm proud of you. Like you're crushing. You got this. Keep going. And maybe if he's not dominating, like, Hey, you got this bro. Pick it up. Like, let's go. You got it. Right. Mm-hmm. That's not at all what they're saying to themselves. And a really important lesson I learned so early is if you aren't treating yourself like the biggest, you should be your biggest cheerleader. Mm-hmm. You should not be like, you should not be this shitty friend to yourself. And I think a lot of people are a shitty friend of themselves. Like your brother should literally be like, dang, you are such a badass. Like, that's how he should be 100%. I hope he is. Because a lot of people have, have kind of recognized that recently. And I think it's become more popular to treat yourself well, which I think is really important. Mm-hmm. But that's dude, that's amazing. That's phenomenal. Um, I love that story, man. And again, I could literally talk all day. But um, to kind of wrap it up, because we're short on time, I, I, always, I always wrap things up by kind of diving into the point of this podcast, the point of today's the day and kind of, it's a mantra I've had since I was 16, 17 or, or younger. I don't even remember, um, is really just like, I developed this, this approach to life. Like this is it. Like today's the day, right? I was waking up on a Tuesday, my B day in high school, like my least favorite class is like today's the day, right? Like for whatever reason, and that helped me a lot through life. Like it really, really, really did. Like today is all you've got. Cause it is, you have no idea. Today is all you've got. 
right? And people I bring on here, I'm very, very, very cautious to make sure that they go and live life that way mm -hmm. because that's the real point I want people to get out of this. I want people to go and find how to extract the most out of life, right? Every single day, not get so caught up six years, 10 years down the road that they don't even know where they're at. I want people to be where their feet are, right? So my last question for you would be, if you had any advice to someone listening on how to go and live like today's the day, this is all you've got, what would it be? Stay disciplined. I think that you're not going to feel motivated every day, and that's a fact. And I think you got to wake up, and whether you want to or not, your your feelings, you know, as important as they are, they also lie to you. You know, <laughs> I nobody feels facts. Like, nobody feels like you know. It's not like people always say when I say I ran the fifty miles or done a hard challenge or cold plunging is another one. Yeah, that doesn't sound fun. It's not fun. Yeah, it's not. It's not fun. It's not the point. Yeah, it's not the point. Yeah. It's it's seeing what you're capable of, what you can do when you're not, when it's not fun, you know? And I think waking up every morning and just whether you feel like it or not, you put those good habits in action. And as long as you do that, I think you can, again, level that playing field of the that roller up and down roller yep. coaster. Yep, 100%. And not to mention those compound and that's how you leave a lasting impact yep right that's gold cole man i freaking love you I, I enjoyed that a lot more a lot more than probably most people listening I, I had a that was amazing i love that man um thank you so much for coming out spitting some wisdom thank everybody for listening much love thank you guys so much for tuning in today um as always it was a blast for me i hope you got something out of this if you got something out of this video of value share this with a friend and please go show your love we're on all streaming platforms including youtube spotify and apple any ratings comments likes shares they go a very long way and they make it so i can keep doing these things for you and i would appreciate it greatly so please go share with a friend until next time planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 